Hey everyone, it's the Catalyst Coach, Malika Stubbs, with another episode of 0.68, The Catalyst Effect. I hope you're having a wonderful day and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. This season was inspired by a tweet I came across on social media on resilience by Zena Shea Brown. Her tweet really resonated with me and required me to do some additional inner work, which led to the creation of this podcast, a blog, a companion journal, which you should check out on Amazon if you haven't done so already, and my upcoming book. The power of storytelling using these different platforms has allowed me to strengthen my resilience. So to understand the concept more deeply, I've decided to hold space for us to do this together on this show. Welcome and enjoy. In this episode, I sat down with Desiree Jones, daughter, sister, former student, mentee, I like to say a mini me, and HR business partner. We discuss her defining moments of resilience that centered around self-care and her unique life experience. With each episode, you will hear stories from a different lens with a common thread. And I think you'll hear some things that might surprise you. So there is like one of those like equipment boards, sound boards. You see that? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with all that. I'm learning. So every time I come in here, it is just a little bit of a challenge because, you know, this is a shared space, a shared studio and people have it set, you know, for what they want. What they want, yeah. And when I come in, I have to set it for what I want and I'm running it through Zoom, which a lot of people probably just go come in here and sit around the table and, you know, create. Uh, yeah. Talk, right. Um, so I have to do a couple additional steps, which like gotcha. hooking my computer up, making sure all of the things with the sound through the computer and da 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 da. But I'm learning. <laughs> But before we get into the content and the meat of the show, what it's going to gotcha. be about, I want you to just kind of open up, give the people some background, um, talk about yourself a little bit, talk about- I'm no worse. Okay. So just to even start, I'm no worse at talking about like yourself. You know, when you want settings and people are like, oh, tell me about yourself. If it's not a job interview, like I'm, I don't even know what to tell people about myself. I think it's just personality-wise, where I'm just more so like, well, I don't want to disclose too much information outside the, you know, like surface, but my go-to normally is who I am as a person. I love traveling, like that's like my thing, so I'm glad I'm able to get back to doing that. Um, Relaxing, like right now, like even though we're talking right now, I got my college football going on in a in the background so that's just like my typical my typical Saturday um you know get get caught up on college football lounge around a little bit 
and then go run errands, go enjoy whatever's happening like in the evening, but just real chill, laid back, not too much, you know. So that's Desi in a nutshell. I that's me in a nutshell. I like I like being mystique a little bit. That's a, a Desi. Little bit. That's a Desi. Bit, you know. Okay. I want I want you to know me as yourself versus I tell you because I'm gonna tell you all the good things, right? You about <laughs> who I am. Um, which I'm a good person all around. So you're gonna have a good experience with me. But yeah. Okay. I'm look, you better celebrate yourself because ain't nobody else gonna do it like you. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. So I guess the, you know, just set the tone for what we about to get into. Um, You know, we are of two different generations, although people probably think we sisters. Okay. Um, (laughs) We're going with that. We're going to stick with that. We're going to stick with that. You know, when they see me, they see us next to each other. They're like, oh, is that her sister? Or, you know, one of her good girlfriends or whatever. Okay. That's what they say, huh? (laughs) That's what they saying. Gotcha. Um, that's what I believe people would say, even when they, if they see the snippet of this video podcast, like, you know, they're going to assume, you know, I'm of your generation and I'm not, you know, I'm a little older and we come to know each other in a really unique way. Right. Yeah. All right. So it was sixth grade. No, seventh grade. Was it sixth or seventh grade? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. So sixth grade, we was we was rowdy. We was we was a lot. And I think they gave you some background information on how the class was sixth grade going into seventh grade. So my experience, I felt like you tried to have like a militant type of like approach. And I'm just like, what? Like, you know, who is she? But I because I have that good energy I always had just a good like vibe we gravitated towards towards each other I think you like gravitated towards me um and I gravitated towards you and how we gravitated gravitated towards each other was because you were the seventh grade teacher like I said in the beginning I think they told you about us the class you were you know you was getting and I think you 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 saw that like I was somebody that's smart, had a lot of potential, and was just and just invested in me early. Um, and that that lasted through you know eighth grade, um, through high school, and through college. And now me being you know I'll be thirty soon, so that's like a lot of years. And I think I met you when I was 13, 12, 12, 13, something like that. Um, so that's how that's how our relationship built and it went more from like teacher to student to family mm-hmm. you know like you know my family I know your family like mm-hmm. we just always stayed in stayed in touch and it's always been like a teacher mode like but not not classroom but more so like right. hey Desi this is what I experienced this is what you can learn from me calling you for advice like hey this is what's you know happening you making sure that I'm like always on the right track uh, too, because I think our, our backgrounds was similar too. I mean, you saw like where I grew up, I know where, where you grew up and just like one of those, each one teach one, like, you know, you, you always wanted the best. And it's one of those things like sometimes during those times, it was like preachy. I didn't appreciate it because I was young, right? Yeah. But the older I got, like the more I understood. So that's how like our relationship is, is now is, is family went from 
teacher to student to, you know, us being here today. Yeah, that's crazy when you pulled that outline out, you know, that timeline out, like you making me feel a little bit older or whatever. Um, but since you were 13 um, and you're about to be 30 next year. I think I think I was 12. Or 12. Oh, my God. I remember it was my birthday because you spoiled me a little bit and you brought me a gift to school it was that it was that blue jean it was like a rockaway dress see back then like that's how that's how far I go when rockaway was the thing Hello, I don't know if you remember but it was a blue jean like uh rockaway like dress it was cute it was real cute mm-hmm. brought it to school mm-hmm. and I think it was something else with, with it a charm bracelet maybe I don't know okay. but I remember the right. legit like no I'm, I'm invested in her like I want to make sure that she stay on the right path and she don't lose it. Right. Because some of my friends, you know. <laughs> who were your classmates of that seventh grade? Who was grade? my classmates at the time? Wasn't Hell year for me. I never went yeah, back to middle school. On that, wasn't necessarily on, on the right track. Um, not saying that they didn't have potential or anything like that. You was just invested in them as you were in me. But I was. Not, not everybody received it the same. That is so true. And I just think about that dynamic because I, I used to always say, you know, my mentee in the beginning, then like how you talked about, like we went from student to teacher, teacher, student, that relationship classroom wise to it, the teacher came out the classroom, but in a different type of way yeah. and mentorships. Right. I just think yeah. about how like important that is and um, yeah. how it can change the direction of course of someone's life. If you do yeah. have somebody preaching or the better word, like you said, just truly investing in your well-being yeah. um, and ensuring that, you know, those mistakes that they learn, like being very transparent about it um, and sharing those moments. Like I used to share a lot with you about my background, how I was raised. Mm-hmm and why it was important to make different decisions, why it was important for me. Um, And then you made your choices. Sometimes you listen, Lord knows, sometimes you (laughs) didn't listen. (laughs) A part of this work is so that I can heal from a lot of that, Desi. Yeah. Right? So getting all of these things out like this, in this manner, when when I look back, when I walk away, I can go forward into my new me. I dream of never being called resilient again in my life. I'm exhausted by strength. I want support. I want softness. I want ease. I want to be amongst kin, not patted on the back for how well I take a hit or for how many. Uh, that That's like perfect, like perfectly said, because for me, resilience is like being able to overcome the shit in life like the many obstacles right and most people see it as a badge of honor right but but they don't understand what comes with that badge of honor um just for me in particular like resilience for me is the the side that people don't see is me going through anxiety mm-hmm. uh, me being depressed like you know um because of the things that I went through in life and trying to I guess bury it and, and not understanding that like, when well, no, all this shit you, I don't know, I could cuss, right? All yeah, this shit you're trying to, trying to bury is really, is really showing up in different aspects and stages in your life. Yes. Um, so yeah, so mo, mo, and I think with Black women in general, like 
it's a it's really a badge of honor like oh you resilient like oh my mama the strongest person I know or you the strongest person I know like why does my strength have to be determined on how much bullshit I'm able to endure and uh, and not just like me living life right and I just I just think that like people should really be mindful of like yeah I'm resilient but you you don't know what like what I go through you like I didn't even me personally like before I went to therapy I never really knew what anxiety was I I didn't even think that like I had it Mm -hmm. um it was just something that was happening that I couldn't explain I thought depression was for me depression looked like all you do is sleep on your couch yep cry and eat food right right but I was depressed and I was how I was making up for my depression I tried to keep busy and I would just overwork myself because I wasn't trying to face the issues that like I was having um and I wasn't trying to deal with like that pain I I wasn't trying to talk through that because resilient was like all right it it happened now you just got to figure it out you just got to live through it you can't show your emotions like you got to make sure everybody else around you is good and that shit was just taking a toll on me um so just like she said like if I (laughs) I dream of never being called resilient again because I don't I don't want like who I'm defined has to be like oh she went through xyz like I just want to be normal I want to I don't want to always have to you know cry deal with breakups or deal with like family shit or have to always like carry everybody else baggage along with mine um and and that can be exhausting and I think that black women we we really are the backbone to everything mm-hmm. and people always tend just to like draw to us yeah. and we overexalt ourselves too like we we kind of insert ourselves into other people shit yeah. where it's like you gotta learn to tell your friends your family like i i can't i can't take that on we do need that human connection we do need that softness um and now I am I am learning how to be all of those things because situations, experiences have hardened me. It was times I would like cry. I'm not even a crier, but I just crying out of nowhere. Yeah. Just because I had I had so much that I wasn't trying to, you know, like work through it. And I, I'm talking about like childhood stuff that I that I normalized. Yeah. I thought yep. it was normal. But Come yeah, on. as I'm as I'm in therapy and I'm saying it out loud and talking, I realize like, damn, this ain't normal at all. Like this is like 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 as a kid, as a young kid, you shouldn't have had to like witness certain things or listen to certain things. Like it's not normal. And I would like I would laugh at it. Like me and my family sometimes we laugh and make jokes about that. But right. now, now that I'm like learning and unpacking stuff, it's like that shit ain't even funny. Nope, not like, at all. Like it's like it is not funny. Like we we normalize it and we became immune to to certain things like that. So I don't know. I I definitely understand what what she's saying. And, and for me, I think I'm learning to like be vulnerable and mm. be okay. Like yeah. it's like be okay to cry. Like express express your feelings and and put put your um let people know like off rip like hey this is the boundary this is my non-negotiable like I'm not going to allow you to come in and do xyz you know and if you can't if you can't get with that then at this point you you know you can't be on this journey in life with
you talked in the beginning about the badge of honor and how many, how we have normalized even saying black women are so strong, yeah. right? So then that badge of honor is like, we have to live up to being strong. We can't be vulnerable. We can't have or need softness, right? Or ease or take a break, put our feet up or have those hard boundaries for ourselves because yeah. we have taken on that role of like, okay, this is, I'm supposed to be strong. This is who I am as the black woman. And then if you notice like strength, when you, when you say like, oh, how somebody's strong, it's always trauma type of stuff. Like, mm. oh, she made sure this was paid. She had to work this many jobs. Like that's not normal. Like, li- right. like working like a lot of jobs to make ends meet is not like a, you know, like it's not a, it's not a thing. Now it's different if you have like some residual income coming in, like investments, properties, like that type stuff, but working several jobs to make ends meet, or it always goes back to struggle. Struggle, right? It is like that struggle. Okay. Like, okay. We about to, yeah, we can say now in hindsight, I'm going to embrace that struggle. That is where I came from, I didn't decide on those terms and conditions, but now I want something different for myself because again, that wasn't normal. I'm not about to continue to normalize this situation for me or for the generations that come after me. I'm about to tell this different story, right? We can have softness. It takes a different type of strength, honestly, to have boundaries, to say no, to say, you know, I need to have somebody to talk to or go to therapy um, and just have even this conversation. It takes a different kind of strength. Um, This quote, it really just triggered some things for me. Like you were saying that, that, um, I don't know, the, the, the trauma, the psychological trauma, when I read it, it was like a gut punch for me. I dream of never being called resilient again in my life. Please and thank you. Whoever can take care of that for me, I will accept that, you know, um, especially under the current um, definition, right, of yes. what being resilient really is. Yes. So that's where I am with redefining it. All right. These were some truly defining moments for me where you see me now like, oh, she was so strong. But do you understand, like you say, how hard it was for me during that time? what I came home to, what I came, what I didn't come home to, right? I didn't have kinship or family or support system during some of the most difficult times for me. Um, and so, you know, I, okay, so. Go ahead. I, I hope you don't mind if I bring this up. You, you saying like what you just said about like when you didn't come home to, it remind me of um, how, I remember like I would try to like hug you at times and you wasn't like a mm. uh touchy like type person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we had that conversation and you just kind of gave me insight like I didn't grow up with that versus mm. me like even though you know my family is a little different like on both sides we are like a embrace like yeah when I see you, I hug you. When you leave, I hug you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just remember like our conversation around that because I'm like, yeah, I never try to like hug me. Or Love when me. I go to hug her, it'd be like weird mm-hmm. or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just remember that conversation. But that go, just goes back to like 
growing up and how 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 you are and um yes. and how it really affects you as an adult small things like that absolutely like, which are huge things for the development of a person of and, a human right yeah okay and, and just- on a personal note like with myself like you know again like I'm, I'm a huge advocate of therapy so you'll you'll hear me like say that a lot but when I was in therapy like my therapist asked like it's it always seems like you never satisfied it's always on to the next like mm. everything is a checklist but uh we kind of unpack that and it just goes back to honestly when I was growing up and I had different award ceremonies and stuff like that. Like my parents wasn't there to like cheer me on. So I never really, it, to me, it's just like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. Yep. Versus stop and like smelling the flowers and like yeah. celebrating yourself. Like to for me, I don't celebrate myself mm-hmm. because like growing up, it's not, I don't like, I know my mom's intention was like to love me and she proud of me, yeah. but it just wasn't a thing to be there at those moments. Like, yeah. My uncle will be there, you know, at times, but like my dad, my mom, like they wasn't like there in in some of those moments. So me as an adult from childhood is like, I don't celebrate my wins. It's more so like, okay, I got it. Thanks. Like on to the next Um, small things like that. Like you just show up. They show up. They become show up. Yeah. Yeah. They really become big things for how we have relationships right with anybody like you um or my mentee you know but it it was something that was showing up in our relationship it's something that continues to show up in my relationships with my partners because they don't get that side that that understanding of softness that embrace that part of me that it just don't know what to do I I I didn't learn it you have to have practice in that you have to have seen that to develop that skill and understand that that is okay and you don't have to feel strange when you go to hug somebody you know that's not something to feel strange about but when you don't have that growing up you become a different type of person um and you have to figure out and learn it along the way, you know, once you realize, have that moment where you can be self-reflective and say, you know, having a conversation with you, like, yeah, I didn't grow up like that. It's something that I want. It's something that I want to be better at, but I need time. I need more attempts, you know, keep hugging me, keep trying. Um, And eventually it'll feel normal for me because that wasn't my norm. even in therapy at first, it was so weird, weird to me. Like I was just very basic surface level, like, Mm -hmm. okay. And I think she saw that and picked up on that and really just start to like make me open up and make me be honest with myself. Cause I wasn't honest with myself. Cause remember I I thought certain shit was normal. Like, again, no, that was, that was normal. The way, you know, my father mother relationship was, how we grew up, um, it is normal for for uh, to see families like have this like toxic relationships with each other amongst each other. Right, even um, cousin to cousin, auntie yeah. to uncle, whoever it yeah. doesn't have to be. When I realized it clicked, 
they had no idea that their capacity was yes. at a certain point. Yes. And that's all oh they knew, Malika. Yes. You have to forgive these people. You have to have compassion. You have to yes. have understanding because now your brain, your capacity, you have been stretched. So you get to see things in a way that they could not ever see. Perfectly, perfectly said. Yeah, that like that's how I feel. I'm like, damn, like this is all they knew, you know? They didn't have the resources. I feel like we, like I'm, I'm able to. I have access to. Um, but, but with that being said, that shit's still hard. That's why I definitely have to have to be in therapy. I have to still work through those things because they. Yeah, still it's hurt. It's like it's it's not like what I'm learning is in terms of just like self care, right? It's just mm-hmm. like I have to. I can't change them. I can't change their experience. I can't change what happened. Um, but I have to be at a point where I'm okay to be honest with myself and talk about it and not, and when I talk about it, not be upset and just know, like, I, I just have to love them where they are. They were raised off like survival and not like love, Mm -hmm. you know, like they, they, at a young age, they were kind of getting it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I say that to say like therapy in terms of self-care, it's a form of self-care because it's, it's helping me deal with like those emotions and, and. Um, be more understanding and because I'm more understanding and can deal with my emotions I don't have that like depression in certain like areas I don't have that anxiety I don't have that you know I don't want to be bothered with none of y'all like I'm closed off I'm I'm gonna just be by you know by myself but it's I don't know it's it's just so important so whoever listening to this like unpack your life to know who you are in the root cause of of that and the only way that can happen is you really dig deep and just kind of unpack and and talk it out like I'm doing a lot of research too during this part as the end the psychological injuries is what they call it psychological Mm. injuries of multi-generational trauma and that shows up as stress so think about our psychological injuries the brain matter is injured it's wired in a completely different way from that multi-generational trauma and stress anxiety um performance like you talked about how to checklist like you just said so many other things I was like I need to pull up my notes um like we have that perfectionism the imposter me that's that's me but these are psychological injuries that if we don't yeah get the and I'm not like I'm a great advocate of therapy you know this podcast is you know about a lot of other things but I will say on this episode and we are really truly outlining self-care and how that can also strengthen your resilience therapy is like my number one go-to because when you have those traumatic experiences the research says this is a psychological injury you wouldn't treat a, a gunshot wound injury yourself you know, I mm-hmm. hope you would, and you would go see a medical professional yeah. for an injury like that. I'm so nervous I'm now to hear what I what I wrote. Well, you shouldn't be nervous. It's a a, a very beautiful pose. Um, but I like to start with the the blog to take you back to that time because those memories and ex- feelings are like seven years removed. We have been through this for seven years now. Um, so I want to go back in time and while unpacking my bathroom, I missed the phone call and heard my roommate scream from the other room, Desi, your phone. As I dialed the number back, I didn't prepare myself for the news I was about to receive from Malika. 
Side note, she will always be known to me as Miss Stubb. I automatically knew something was wrong. Sometimes you can hear it in people's voices. When I heard the words, it took me back to dark places in my life I could never get rid of, such as my grandmother fighting breast cancer and losing her breast, and to three years ago when the doctors came to the waiting room and told my brother and I our mother had passed away unexpectedly. All of these feelings were on one and the same. I tried not to panic. The worst you can do in a situation but after hanging up, I freaked out. My roommate came to the room and asked if I was okay. I am not the emotional type, so when people see me cry, it freaks them out. I was so down and depressed that even my daily glass of wine couldn't fix the feeling. Malika is someone I always listen to and look up to, even when she thinks otherwise. All the advice over the years stuck, such as everybody won't make it, just make sure you're not one or me calling you every semester asking what I should do about classes It's really the small things that make you so special and so great to me I must admit I'm a younger version of you despite how much I might deny it I hope in in life I can find my passion and inspire others around me the way you do this is just a setback for a major comeback I know you will get through this obstacle. I always ask God the question, questions of the uncertainty that then realize he will never give you things you can't handle. So we all must keep the faith and watch God work. Well, I love you so much and I don't tell you often because we are not mushy folks, but I do. Despite the circumstances, I am excited and cannot wait to see you love your favorite person in the world desi i wrote that that was nice that was like deep but it, it now now it, it did take me back and again like that that um feeling of thinking like oh fuck i'm about to lose somebody else like um I think too when when people are dealing with stuff like cancer and everything, um, of course, like that person is affected like ten times more. But it do also affect the people around them, um, you know, just just as much. Um, even though we're not fighting it every day, but it's still a thought of the, me. I'm I'm always like, what's the worst that can happen? Versus, you know, like everything will be okay or whatever. Um, I tell a person everything will be fine, but in my mind, it's like, oh shit, you know, what's, you know, what's to happen? Uh, but yeah, that was, that was scary. I think too, because it made me realize that no matter what age you are, like you can be healthy, you can be, you know, whatever, uh, you can be young, but this is something that's outside of our control. Yes. Um, and I, I remember my, my grandmother, actually, she had to get both her breasts removed. Or, um, and that was just scary because she was already had like other health elements and things like that. Mm-hmm. So cancer on top of that, like that was just, damn, like that's my grandma, you know, that's granny. Um, then, like you said, three years. So within that three years, my mom passed. I remember that time, like I, w- I wasn't 
dealing with it like I should have been. So it was just like a very tender, like a tender subject. Um, and and then you know that what happened to you. I was I was lost. Um, really in college, it's some things I wish I can like go back and do over. Um, I I remember one time in particular when I first went back to school after my mom like I had a roommate. I shouldn't have had a roommate. Like I should have lived by myself. I honestly probably shouldn't have went back that semester. Um, I told you to go back and I meant it. <laughs> I mean, ultimately I had to go back because honestly, I ain't really had nowhere else to go. <laughs> like, and you people know, don't get that part. It was, yeah, you know, like for some people, you know, when the loss happened, they they get over it fast, right? But but or they get to take or, time, like yeah, to separate to process yeah. to do all the things to try to come back better and stronger, right? Yeah. So it was it was just scary, um, and then to not know like what all that entails too, mm-hmm. like the unknown of it, um, and again, that's when I was dealing with depression and anxiety and didn't know it, um, and then that was just like another aspect of you know that news being added to it but yeah I I was at a place where I didn't know what to do I I didn't know how to process things um and two I didn't know what I could do for you at the moment at the time Mm -hmm. so that's another thing you know like I wouldn't say being mad at myself but being being upset because it's like damn I don't even know what how to fix this like or what I can do to fix it or to like understand um and not being able to just like drive to like see you right like you're not a car ride away um so yeah yeah that was that was a difficult time as for anybody who um deals with cancer like you said it doesn't just affect the person that has been diagnosed with cancer but it does have that ripple effect So a part of my healing through this journey is understanding from all of the perspectives who were around me and closest to me, because I know it impacted y'all in a different way. Um, But I just was self-regulating. I was just trying to handle the things that came up when they came up, because every day it was something different with my particular um, case, right? But I just know that now people don't talk to me about cancer. They act like, I don't know. Desi, do you talk to me about my cancer experience? No, I don't. Right. It's like it never happened because I look well. So I, I think I think that's a good point. Like no one talks about it. I, I th- For me, I'm not going to speak to everyone else. For me, it's like, I don't want people to relive like, like a moment like that like because it's like if it was scary for me I can only imagine how it was for you um so it's like I'm you know it's the subject is a little I guess like off limits for me um because I I don't I don't want you to have to relive that or talk you know talk about it um because ultimately like you did survive and too I like on the selfish side of it too like I don't want to have to like Mm. relive it and like talk about it um just be honest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think honestly that's what people think of first 
I am in a course here telling you today, like we're talking about cancer. We're talking about me being resilient through that whole process, what it took and how I'm taking care of self today. But like, I think people choose not to talk about it with me because of their own like um, unease with the topic. Yeah. No, you're right. I I mean, it it may may be shame on me for not tapping into that more. Like, when it's all said and done, like, how how do you feel, you know, about that experience versus how I look at it is more so like a, that was difficult moment. I don't, let's not relive that. But how you just said, like, well, yes, it was a difficult moment, but I own that story. Like, look, look how I overcame like everything with that um and and just like your day-to-day right like how it literally shifted you as a person and and who you are so it is worth talking about but like I said on the selfish side for me it's like re like reliving it like like yeah uncomfortable you know maybe moments of vulnerability that we're not willing to explore just yet but that all helps us in, in, in the long run <clears throat> from that part. As we like, as we talk about self-care, like me, self-care is, is um, like therapy, but it's also other things too. Um, I think it's just important to find something that you like and like a comfort, like, you know, get off your cell phone, get off, you know, TV and just kind of find like something you enjoy. Um, if that's just sitting outside on your porch or, you know, being a plant mom or, you know, um, I don't know, walking, walking in a park. Um, for me, another form of self-care is just getting my nails done and just having my, listening to my music during that like hour and a half. But like, that's the hour and a half I look to enjoy because after that, I'm probably running errands on go. But like, that's like the the time that like I like. And I just hope like during this, you know, pandemic and how we had to stay at home, like it, it kind of made people like reflect and, and really like learn to kind of sit still and not always be um, on go. But yeah, like it's, it's good to be resilient and overcome things, but just make sure that you're able to really unpack and don't let it define you in a way where you feel like you can't be vulnerable or you have to, you know, wear a a cape every day. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for wisdom um, Wisdom at a young age. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, thank you for inviting me. I mean, I I hope that is, you know, you, you was getting what you needed from this in terms of like, Oh, I'm I'm glad I picked her type of thing. I, I hope you know I had some good insight and you enjoyed it and it's good content for for uh, your podcast. So thank you. There were so many nuggets that I took away from today's episode. Part of resilience is facing difficult things head on and the ability to move forward by growing through every part of life's process. Struggling, as you know, is a natural part of living. But what matters most is how we react to the struggle. So if you are interested in exploring strategies around this work with a trusted, certified coach, you can reach out to me directly on my website, www 
thecatalystgroup.net. That's www.thecatalystgroup.net. Or send an email to me, mstubbs at thecatalystgroup.net. That's M-S-T-U-B-B-S at T-H-E-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-G-R-O-U-P dot N-E-T. Remember to follow, like, and share this episode. And if you enjoyed what you heard, remember to leave a five-star review for me. You can continue this discussion on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following me at The Catalyst. That's T-H-E underscore C-A-T-A, the number one, Y-S-T, with the hashtag The Catalyst Coach. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of 0.68, The Catalyst Effect. A special thank you to my guests for being so open and vulnerable as we define moments of resilience together. And I hope that you, my listeners, will continue to join me for these monthly chats. And maybe, just maybe, one day, we can all dream of never being called resilient again.